Hello there. Welcome to the third mini episode of the Lunatics Radio Hour. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Oh, hey, Alan. Alan Kudan. Hello, Abigail Brinker. Hello. It's nice to be speaking with you. Today, we're going to give you some information around full moons. Oh. And let me tell you why. So when I started this whole project, which was many moons ago now, I was kind of really obsessed with the idea of the definition at the time of the word lunatic, which was somebody who was controlled by the full moon, right? Mm. That was the definition. And so there's this time in history when people believed that full moons impacted human behavior, right? Not just like a werewolf myth, but in a real way where doctors believed that this was like a real medical condition, right? Full moons. And so that was always really fascinating to me. Yet to be disproven. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, we're going to get into that. Um, But that's always been really fascinating to me. I'm also someone who's very into the moon and moon cycles and kind of like that part of the natural world. So it's always just been like part of my life. Honestly, who doesn't love the moon? Sure. Yeah, of course. It's It's like saying who likes the Beatles, everybody. But we wanted to kind of like recall that moment in time and give context to maybe like new people or even people who never knew that about this project. Kind of like, that's why it's kind of like this silly, fun, you know, like way to define reality, which isn't scientifically proven, but not scientifically disproven either. Well, again, we're going to, we're going to get into that. But anyway, so we thought maybe we would do like a little mini episode talking about history of full moons and behavior. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love the moon. Do you have any um, full moon stories, Alan? Sure. What are they? Well, I don't know if this is necessarily like a full moon. Actually, I mean, yeah, a little bit. So when I was little. Mm -hmm. A little guy? When I was a real little guy, I used to spend a lot of time in the yard. Yeah. And especially at night. Why? (laughs) Why? uh, I I just, I I was like, I I would always play outside. Hmm. Um, But at night? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you just you play outside. You have fun, right? By yourself? I mean, it's a small yard. <laughs> okay. But, you know, you know, you're playing outside, and I always used to pretend I had superpowers. Yeah. And my superhero drew his power from the moon. Cool. And so I'd look up, and as long as I could see the moon, I had my powers. That's cool. And as I grew up, you know, later, later in life, uh, that was always just like... One of those little mental reassurances, like, oh, there's the moon. Right. That's, you know, that it's got my back. That's my, that's my source of power. So I've always had some kind of special connection to the moon. That's really sweet. I never knew that. I love that. Hmm. Hmm. So let's go into some backstory here on lunatics, shall we? So the Roman goddess of the moon was named Luna, leading to the prefix for lunatic. And Luna kind of as like also a moon related. Lunatic was defined as someone who is affected by the moon. Now it's used to talk about someone who is mentally ill, um, but just to call out, that's not how we mean it here. When we say lunatics, we don't mean someone who's crazy. We mean someone who's affected by the moon. Mm -hmm. My theory, which again, we'll get into in a second in terms of the science, but my theory has always been that the body is 60 to 80% water, so the moon controls the tides. How could the moon not affect us, right? Like, it seems like such an obvious connection to make. And there's even historical thought from Aristotle that the brain was the moistest organ, and so thus very easily controlled by the moon. Mo- moistest? Yeah, wettest. The most moist. <laughs> the most moist. <laughs> so let's talk about lunar effect. Lunar effect is a term used to describe a correlation between humans and moon cycles. 
Keep in mind that none of this is proven scientifically, and there are studies that both prove and disprove this theory. Three studies done between 1959 and 1973 reported a 1% increase in births following a full moon. There you go. But again, many other studies show that there are no connection between moon cycles and birth rates. Well, it makes sense. You know, at night, if there's a full moon, you can see better. Yeah. You can find your mate. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. As you're That's science prowling right the science. night for your mate. In the old days, some surgeons would actually refuse to operate during a full moon because they thought that a patient would lose more blood. Really? Yeah. Why? Because the, the moon is, I don't know, messing with your blood, too, they thought. Huh. I mean, I can understand, like, you don't want to be operating on someone and then they turn into a werewolf. Sure. That's dangerous for everyone involved. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool, though. Like, I like things where, like that where it's like a man of science who's literally being trusted with operations, right? But he's like, oh, I can't operate on a full moon. Like, who knows what will happen? I mean, that just speaks to the whole, like, doesn't matter how progressive you are if you know uh society deems like this is a belief then you're probably following suit right because you know 100 years ago this was commonplace well it's also like the science 100 years ago is not exactly you think like oh this is so silly how can people believe that right you jump back 100 years and like they're just using logical connections they're not yeah testing it in any way there are also studies that have been done to see if certain mental illnesses like schizophrenia have increased symptoms during a full moon. And? In some cases, the studies have shown as much as a 2% increase. However, other studies showed a 0% increase. Mm-hmm. So again, it's kind of like, did that one day they did this just happen to be like an extra symptomatic day for the people? You know, probably. Extra symptom. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that certain people aren't more susceptible to gravitational pull? Right, sure. You know, um, everyone's body is different. Yeah. Police, uh, that's actually a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Police actually used to deploy more officers during a full moon because they were convinced more crime would happen on those nights. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because also people believed that. Like, if you believe that... You know, then you're empowered to be crazier on a full moon. Well, if you're going to sneak around, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be carrying a light because you're a criminal. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to do it on the night where you can see a little bit better? Maybe. Actually, no, you'd probably do it on the new moon so that no one could see you either. Right. Yeah, I don't think any of this has connection to the amount of light. It's not been disproven. Again, this is not a episode full of facts. Okay. Everything here has been rigorously fact-checked. That's right. There's all kinds of claims about things that the moon impacts. For some examples, sleep patterns, growth in plants, car accidents, politics, the stock market, and on and on. There's a huge list of these on Wikipedia, among other websites, if you wanted to kind of like dive into any of these a little bit deeper. You failed to mention moth flight patterns. Is that something? Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Moth flight patterns are solely dictated by the moon. Yeah. A lot of these things have been studied and have been determined inconclusive. Not what? Yeah. No. But it's fun to think about, isn't it? It's been 100% confirmed. I'm not talking about the moths, Alan. I'm talking about the other things that I just mentioned. So let's take a look at the science here. I know I keep saying study, study, but let's look at this a little bit deeper. I am going to end this mini episode by addressing the fact that science has proven full moons probably aren't impacting human behavior. Here's three reasons why. One, 
the moon's gravitational pull is actually very small when it comes to humans. Yes. They say a mosquito on your arm would have a stronger gravitational pull than the moon has on you. Yes. You already knew that? Yes. Number two. The moon only impacts open sources of water like oceans, not closed bodies of water like lakes, ponds, or bodies. Does that make sense? Uh, it does make sense. Uh, I hadn't really considered that before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it does make sense. And just like, yeah, the gravitational pull happens at such a small level. Yeah. That it's going to, you know, it's it, it requires so much to be moved such a little amount to stack on top of each other to have any noticeable effect. Right. Um, and number three, there is no evidence that the moon has any impact on human behavior. And there have been several, as I mentioned earlier, studies done on all of these claims and no conclusive evidence has come about. Mm. There's an article called Lunacy in the Full Moon on Scientific American that goes more into the science side of all this. If you guys wanted to give it a read, it's where I got some of my information from here. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. So that's kind of it. I just wanted to talk through a like this callback to the origins of our project mm-hmm. um, and be this topic that is obviously like not really well researched even, but kind of like for many hundreds of years, even longer, probably has this mystery, you know, and like lore around it. I mean, I, it also kind of comes back to humans and fear of the dark and the unknown and all these things yeah and why would you not have some affectional uh, sorry why would you not have some affection towards the one light source right and that just pierces the darkness yeah uh sailors you know right totally uh, use the stars to navigate. Use the stars to navigate. The, the moon is the only thing that's going to give them any kind of luminance over the sea at night. Yeah. I love that. That's like my favorite imagery. It's mm. like nighttime, either stormy seas or nighttime starry seas. I wish that we could see the stars here in New York City. Me too. So we could navigate to Our love? around Manhattan. Oh, I see. Without lights? I mean, you know, if there are no lights, we could see the stars. Right. Uh, so when New York City experienced its first like huge, huge blackout yeah. uh, in 1977, mm-hmm. the there was a bunch of people that, you know, they'd never even left the city. And for the first time ever in their lives, they're seeing the full cascade of stars. Yeah. Because as soon as all that light pollution goes away, the whole sky opens up. Yeah. It's kind of beautiful. It is. I would really love to like go somewhere like Joshua Tree or Utah or Montana mm-hmm. I've been to Yellowstone, but, you know, somewhere even more vast where you can really have that, like, breathtaking experience, you know? If I may make a recommendation. Please do. Uh, I have never seen stars quite as incredible as in Alaska. Oh, I would love to go to Alaska, actually. You know, granted, you are out there, you're 50 miles from the nearest anything. So? Um and that's what there's just no light sources yeah uh the only light source that's going to mess with you is the aurora, aurora borealis Ugh, it's a dream which is pretty cool yeah i have seen the northern lights in iceland mm. um but it was like on a pretty foggy night mm-hmm. the whole time we were there it was really foggy so it was really hard to see and we only had like a few glimpses but it's freaking unreal it's so cool it's really awesome just yeah. seeing the stars not obscured whatsoever yeah because you can see like all of the uh 
d- uh, dimmer aspects of the constellations. So, like, I remember seeing, like, Orion for the first time. Yeah. And, like, you can always see the belt. The belt is really bright. Yeah. But when you can see the, the, the entire constellation, every piece of it, you're like, of course that's a hunter. Look, right. it's right there. Right. No yeah. wonder our ancestors thought that way. Yeah. Whereas, you know, looking even from the suburbs, like, you only see pieces. Yep. Growing up at one of the houses I lived in, um, my room had like a half dome window at the top. Cool. Yeah, it was really beautiful. And I could see, you know, all kinds of things. I would just lay there and see, you know, because there was not a curtain for that part of it. So Mm -hmm. at night it was open and could see planes and, you know, obviously, but I could every night like see or not every night, but I could always see Orion's belt. Mm -hmm. And I would it just was such like this like anchor point for me to like look up and find it in the sky and like one of those constellations that I could identify along with like the dippers you know and there's not a lot more that I could do but it was so cool to kind of like have a bedroom where at night you could look up into the stars and Mm -hmm. it is something I definitely miss here what was I can't remember what the, the book was some girl that she's shipwrecked or something uh up far up in the northern hemisphere maybe by Alaska uh huh and she's trying to navigate just just to get her way home, but it's the six months out of the year where it's just daylight. Oh, and right. she has no stars. And you think like, oh. oh, what a gift, right? Because you just have perpetual sun. But except that, no, she has no stars, right. and she's dismayed over that. It's like your map is gone. Yep. Yeah, that's wild. I never heard of that book, but that sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, well. Um, hopefully, someone will tell us what it is. Yeah, we'll look it up and we'll say it on five episodes from now. There you go. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. We just wanted to chit chat about the moon. If you guys have any strong moon feelings, you know where to find us at filmsaboutlunatics at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for future episodes or you want to be featured or you have a story or you just want to talk, we're available. Uh, follow us at The Lunatics Project on Instagram, Films About Lunatics on Etsy, where we sell magazines, and on YouTube, where we publish short films. All of them are a little bit creepy or haunted or spooky. Sometimes there's aliens. Sometimes there's murder. Um, in the meantime, I want to do some research on the Marvel hero Moon Knight, mm-hmm. um, who I don't know anything about this guy. I read something very recently that was just gave, gave a little bit of a backstory on him. Yeah. And apparently there's some Egyptian moon goddess that won't let him die. Oh, man. And no matter what he does... She just keeps bringing him back until he she he completes his task. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we should definitely do some research on that. That would be a cool episode. Yep. Cool. And we're also on Patreon if you're looking for even more content from us. Mm. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you so much. All hail the moon. And goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron-exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club. Also head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel. You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok, and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more. And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there. Our cover art is by Pilar Kep and musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.